Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Reel Down on Paddling Finn. Uh, with me, Jimmy's having TVKA, can't get their power going tonight so uh so jimmy's without power so i'm lucky enough to be have my guest host here armando salah man how you doing bud pretty good man pleasure to be here uh try to fill in jimmy's shoes as best i can so thank you for having me though yeah man and top always appreciate one of you come on but uh yeah t- tell everybody about your show first if they don't know all right so yeah bass kayak and beers man uh this show, when is this show episode? Uh, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah, tomorrow. So, yeah, if, uh, if you don't know me, my name is Armando Solá. I'm the host of the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. Um, comes out every Tuesday in the morning. Um, I don't know what time it airs, like 5 in the morning or midnight, something yeah, like that. But you can check, catch it on your uh, work commute. Uh, catch it this episode, this week if you're interested in listening. Got a great show with Drew Gregory. We... I know Drew Gregory has been in every single podcast for the last month with all his wins. So we try to change up the subject, but on this one we talk about, and, and honestly, shout out to Drew. He won three th- straight national trails. Yeah. And what I thought was most impressive about the conversation, on one lake he won with largemouth bass, and another lake he won with spotted bass. And then on another lake, he won with smallmouth bass, all in a span of a month. And different parts of the country, too. In different parts of the country. Yeah. That is, I mean, it's just mind-blowing. I mean, and if you talk to Drew, anybody that's talked, we have the pleasure because Drew is 
part of the panel infinity you know drew is dude, drew is an encyclopedia of bass fishing there's a reason why he's that successful it's crazy but yeah that's the episode if you all want to check it out there you go and what what you been up to man anything new besides no, posting on instagram i you are a prolific instagram poster i swear i don't even think i don't even think i post as much. when i look at some of the guys and girls that you know do instagram like some of them post like three or four times a day i don't know how they find the time i don't i don't catch enough fish <laughs> to warrant yeah. like i have to get creative um i did want to give it uh if you don't mind mentioning it a plug-in plug plugin i do have a youtube channel it is in spanish um because as some of you know i'm from puerto rico my first language is spanish so i did start a youtube channel um it's kind of like a spinoff of Paddle and Finn. It's Remos y Aletas, which is really Paddle and Finn in Spanish. But the new episode comes out today, Wednesday. Uh, if you want to check it out, it does have English subtitles. So if you want to learn Spanish and see me, you know, do stupid things on the water, like trying to catch fish, then you can have fun and learn Spanish at the same time with All the right. English subtitles. So you can check it out. There we go. Uh, so, I mean, tonight we're going to have on the – uh, three first, second, and third place from West Virginia kayak anglers on the Elk River and Sutton Lake, I guess. But uh, let's go ahead and bring them on. We've got Philip Bacchus. Bacchus. Bacchus Bacchus. 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 I'm, I'm from, I used to live in New Orleans. I'm thinking Bacchus, like the parade. <laughs> uh, Storm Carver. And also Mark Edwards supposed to be on here. His, uh, his goat, he, he was having problems with it. He had to go discipline his goat, so. Hopefully he'll be with us here in a minute. But uh, th thank y'all for being on. Man, he's got a one one horn goat. I mean, it's, I'm I'm not making this up. How we we have privileged that information? Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've had him on a few times. He loves talking about that goat. He's a hammer, definitely. Yeah. With all he, those he checks, you, you with all those checks, you think he would, you know, first place check. You think he have enough money for wireless what router or internet yeah. router or whatever. get that goat another horn or something <laughs> I don't know. yeah like a you know prosthetic horn i, I don't know uh but yeah th thank y'all for being on show uh first uh, go ahead and tell everybody who you are uh philip we'll start with you man i uh my name is philip Backus. i'm from uh central west virginia i've been in the kayak fishing uh scene for uh three years nationally I've mainly fished the KBF uh, national trails the past two years and fished the uh, local West Virginia kayak angler trail for the last three years. All right. And you're a lock operator. I thought that was cool. I'm a lock operator for the Army Corps of Engineers, so I work on the water basically at a dam and a lock. So I'm around, around the water all the time. Do you fish a lot of dams because of that? No. I, I I fish a lot of I fish a lot of rivers. Okay. I like chasing those smallmouth. Gotcha. We uh, we, we, we have some real uh, we have some real good smallmouth fishing around around my my house. Okay. And that this is not like you know a West Virginia joke. Y'all are related. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I married his sister. So. Okay. All right. So yes, we are brother-in-laws. Talk right. if you're horny. There we go. All right. Storm, how about you, man? Tell people who you are. I'm Storm Carver. I'm also from Central West Virginia. We live like five minutes apart. Um, been doing 
local trails and uh, national trails, same time as Philip has. We travel a lot together, go fishing all over the country. And, you know, that's been most of what we've done for the last three years. Gotcha. This is this is random. Y'all don't know somebody named Buzz, huh? Buzz? Buzz? Like a ball bag? No. I, dude, if I, I if somebody has, I used to live with, uh, we shared a house and uh, like whenever we were stationed in Washington State. He was from West Virginia and I can't for the life of me figure out his last name to try to track him down. I just remember his name was Buzz. I don't, I don't even remember his real first name and I lived with the dude. It's, it's, I feel, Really bad about it. No. Don't know Buzz. Yeah. No, he was a good got guy. the random questions covered. Now. Yeah, random questions. Yeah. Night. There we go. So, uh, yeah, well, go ahead and let one of y'all tell us about uh, about Elk River. Tell us all about it, because I've definitely never been there. Uh, it's yeah. a... Go ahead. You, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's a... It's got... It's a river in central... Central West Virginia it starts up in the town of Burgoo, I believe it is. It's quite the name, Burgoo, but uh, there's there is one dam on the river and it forms uh, Sutton Lake in Braxton County, and then below the dam it goes all the way down to the Canal River in Charleston, which is the capital of the state. I don't, I'm not sure how long it is, but the main species in it is smallmouth. Unless you're in the lake, then you can catch largemouth and spotted bass. The only place you can catch uh, largemouth or spots in the river is either like right below the dam or down near the mouth near the uh, Canal River. But it, it's a really good smallmouth fishery. It is our home river. We both live probably only, I mean, less than 20 minutes from it. So we know it pretty well and fish it a lot. And since y'all fish a lot, I'm guessing a lot of rivers like that. Uh, do y'all do y'all have more like paddle kayaks with motors? Kind of what's the what's the standard around there? Uh, my primary kayak has been a Hobie Pro Angler 14 for for okay. the last three years, and it I finally put so much stuff on it that I really couldn't fish it in the river anymore. A lot of our accesses <laughs> are just like carry down rocky trails, not not boat ramps by any means. So I actually just bought a Drew Gregory design Crescent Sholey. Sholey, all right. Yeah, and that's what I fished this uh, last term out of. It was the first time I was even out on it with a motor. I put a Torquedo on it, power pole, uh, but it, it did well until I flipped it, but <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> All right. Well, there goes the uh, uh, the Sholey being undefeated now. <laughs> well, it, it, it was undefeated with Drew Gregor until now, Philip. <laughs> But hey, second was, place is not bad at all. Yeah, I was close. I I thought I had it, but I knew there was one or two guys that could beat me, and and one of them did. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and go over the numbers here. Uh, Mark, he had and it's five fish limit. Mark had a ninety and three quarter with a uh, twenty and a quarter big fish. Philip, you had eighty four and three quarter with a it looks like your big was eighteen. And yeah. Then Storm, you had seventy five and a half with. Uh, Hey, your biggest being 16, but it, uh, I mean, a lot of people, I'm getting texts here. Sorry about that. Um, but you had 47 people, 196 fish were caught. Right. Uh, I mean, it, it looks like it was fairly tough. I mean, a lot of people, you know, after, after the top five, it was below 70. It yeah. Went, number six, it went down to 68. So, uh, yeah, small, a lot of small limits out there. 
most of most of our local tournaments if you get in the mid upper 70s you got a legit shot at winning we don't have the greatest fisheries in the state you can catch a lot of numbers but we just don't have a lot of big fish but i mean if you get above 80 and especially 90 it's it's almost unheard of for a for a local tournament so do you pretty much think 84 and a half 83 84 and three quarter like i'm coming in a winter boys I thought I had it. I, I was, yeah. I was strutting pretty high. I thought I had it, but, but Mark, Mark did really well. He did really well. Yeah, he, he's he not it. here. We're 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 messing with him, but uh, yeah. But I mean, he's he's had a heck of a year. He's, yeah, he's no, ninety inches on on that lake is a crazy limit. It's it's a really 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 good limit. Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh. So I y'all live there. So did did you get to pre-fish any, or is this this somewhere you just know so good that you you know that's you, you kind of got your spots? Yeah, I didn't pre-fish. This is only the second time all year that I've even fished in West Virginia. Oh, okay. I, I've just fished. I fish national tournaments, and then work and my kids and stuff. I haven't got to fish locally hardly any. So I didn't. I didn't. I didn't pre-fish, but I mean, I know, I know the area that I fished, and I, I didn't really need to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I went out, I believe, Friday morning. I went to just go look at the river and made a couple casts from the bank just to see how they were set. But other than that, didn't have to fish already. know my float pretty well. It was just what the water was going to be Saturday. And you caught a 21-incher the day before the tournament. Oh. The prior week, yeah. I oh, was it the prior week? Yeah. Oh, okay. Was, uh, it was pretty similar water conditions. I took my yeah. bank fishing. They'd been wanting to go. And uh, our second uh, stop of the evening, I crushed a 21-incher on a grass line. And it, that was uh, that's probably my second biggest smallmouth I've caught now. Uh, wow, smallmouth. I'm over. adding in Mark here. You didn't want to go water. audio only? You still want to risk it? Dude, no, I live right beside a cell phone tower. I don't know why my phone just all of a sudden would get service. Is that what happened at Goat? The the radio waves or whatever? No, dude, I don't know what. I just have bad luck trying to get on a podcast. I don't know. Oh. It was working all day, dude. As long as you're not having bad luck on the water, right? You, nice yeah. trade-off. Well, like, well, the last two weeks I've had bad luck. I mean, this weekend I changed it around, but the two previous weeks I sucked. All right, yeah. I, I know we've had you on before. Oh, what what was that storm? I said you know how these old people are with their technology. Oh, <laughs> uh, we've had you on show before, but tell everybody who you are, Mark. Uh, I'm I never good at this stuff, but anyway, um, I'm Mark Edwards from Pipes in West Virginia, and I was kayak fish. <laughs> there you go. What do you do for a living? Ah, uh, fish. Okay. Right. <laughs> no. Hashtag no. Hey, with all the first place you're getting, what is it? Four first place this year already? You that's that's enough to make a living, at least 
for the first few months, right? <laughs> no, no, not with these gas prices. No. <laughs> That's true. I did. Did you get to pre-fish anymore? I, I don't pre-fish anymore. I, I personally don't like it. Oh, okay. No, I mean you got to fish for the conditions, man. Up here, change so much. I mean, like the rain and me and my, we actually got team deals too. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so me and my team partner, he, he loves to float and he does really good on rivers. I mean, he's one of the best in the state far as river fishermen go. And, uh, I kind of wanted to float too, but I, I like it under normal conditions or something, you know what I'm saying? But it rained and the, the elk river is so odd that it will, take so much water and raise so fast and then just drop right back off. It's a, um, what is it called? Like a high mountain river or whatever. So it, it drops really, really fast. And then where it has the dam on it and the lake, you never know what you're going to get below the dam. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Cause we, 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 go ahead, go ahead. And whenever Phillips having a bad day, he just says, "Hey guys, turn on them, turn on them turbines. I need, I need some help down here." <laughs> well, see, we looked that morning. Blaine called me. Uh, he didn't. He didn't come up, and I slept my truck. I sleep my truck a lot. And uh, he called and woke me up, and he was driving up, and I was going to take him up above the lake and do a float. And usually, that that float wins every tournament, but it has a really, really bad rapid. And at a certain flow, he didn't want to do it. So he told me he didn't want to do it with that much water. And we were looking and like, ah, it's about 20, 30 miles below the dam. The water was actually good, you know, as far as flow charts. You know, you just look at flow charts in different areas. And the, the, the water level there was great. But you had so much water just coming out of the dam that hadn't got there yet. And you never know when it's going to get there. You know, you, unless you drove beside the river and looked at it or something. Let me ask you this, Mark. The, you don't pre-fish. Since, since when did you stop pre-fishing and how has it either, I'm assuming, improved, judging by the results you got this year, improved your game on the water? Well, um, actually, we got another club. There's three clubs in West Virginia, and one club doesn't allow pre-fishing. It's like uh, mm -hmm. a week off limits. All right. And – I actually do really, really good in that club ever since I like fished them. I, I mean, I that I really do really good in that club, but it's because you just show up and fish. You know what I'm saying? You f fish condition, and and two, the the fishing is so much better. Like most of the waters in West Virginia, is small anyway. And I've been fishing, you know, it's kayak fishing for five years. But really, what got me into it is I started fishing a bunch of water that I never fished before. You know that's uh, that's why I like to travel. I like fishing water that I've never fished, and so, um, but now we've all fished it. You know some of these places. Uh, you know a handful of times. Not I just tournament fished it. I've just never fun fished it or anything. So on on a lake that you've never been before, would you don't pre fish it for the tournament, or would you make an exception on a lake? We, that we have before? one lake. Uh, it's called Mud River Lake, and I fished it three times. And and we're West, you know, we had a river tournament about five years ago get canceled, and for some reason that was the only lake in the state that didn't get blowed out. So 
we moved it there. And I finished like 12th, and I never even seen the water before. And that was that like out of 100 and some people. And then um, we fished it twice last year with two different clubs, and I won both tournaments. Wow. And I never been there except that one other time. And, and I mean, a lot of it's lo- I mean, you just got to fish, you know, for that day. You just got to figure it out. So you're not worried. You're not fishing any past or any history or and. Uh, so I, I carry a lot of rods and I change up a lot and uh, and if I don't get bit with something pretty fast I, I switch up. Do you pre-fish in, in national tournaments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. National tournaments okay. I pre-fish as much as I can. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So uh, it, it's totally different. I think in a national tournament where yeah, um, the lakes are so much bigger. Yeah. I don't. I it's I don't know. It seems like if I get like the last one I fished. I kind of, I really got on something good on Wednesday and then the water dropped so much that, that I was still kind of, I was looking all over the lake, but I kind of depended on that on Wednesday, even though I knew the water, I, I didn't really find much else. So I was kind of stuck with that anyways, but I, I don't know. Like, it seems like two days is probably right for me now, now, not that I have the most national. I mean, I do really well at home, but whenever I go on a road, I don't do that well. So I, I, I don't know you know, what the right number, I, I think maybe it's two days for me now. That's what I'm going to go for next year. Well, I mean, um, Florida this year, um, I've never been to Harris chain, but I watch every live I can. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fishing nut fan, you know? So, um, I watched a lot of videos up prior to it. And, uh, um, there's an old FLW tour, the big five or whatever they call themselves now, major league fishing. Yeah. They were still our first day of practice because Bass actually has a three day practice. You know, it's yeah. off limits before then. And I really like that. I wish yeah, everyone yeah, would go to that. I agree. Because yeah. everybody's equal. And um, anyhow, I get down there and it's their, you know, I'm watching live as I'm on my tablet as I'm driving down or listening to it. And then I get down there and I'm, I'm at the most accessible ramp. I mean, we're right beside the main road, right in the town of. What is that town? It was almost the Venetia Gardens at the weigh-in. Actually, Tavares? I went and drove, drove by there. T- Tavares or Leesburg? Leesburg. Leesburg. Yeah. And um, I went to Venetia Gardens, and there was like only two pros there that put in there, and I thought it was kind of weird. You know, you'd think the top ten guys would take off there. But anyway, there was another ramp right beside the main road that wasn't two miles away. So I drove there. And I put in, and I found the winning fish in that tournament 200 yards from the boat ramp. But I had motor, you know, I had uh, a fish with a Torquedo, and it was five years old. Not really had no problems out of it, but um, that tournament I started having issues. And anyway, um, I had a heck of a half a day of practice. I only had a half a day of practice. And, man, I, I found the winning fish, like, I didn't cast maybe 10 times and caught a 16. And then right after that, I caught a 21. And um, so I left that alone and I went and found some, I tried to find bedded fish cause I thought maybe they were bedded and stuff, but I started catching some on a frog. And anyway, I had a great practice, you know, like I was thinking it's going to take a hundred inches of wind and there was fish all over my graph where I caught the 20 inch, 21 incher and, and uh, so the next two days of practice, I just expanded on that ramp because I'm like, I'm fishing that spot. You know, you got a chance of catching some big ones. 
then I found another school of fish. It was about a mile away, but I couldn't go full throttle. So I was only going about three mile an hour, which took me longer to move around and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it, it kind of hurt me in the tournament. Tournament day, it just kept cutting off and I had to turn it on. But, I mean, I finished eighth and I was only two inches out of second. You know what oh, I'm saying? And yeah. I had a 13 and a half. <laughs> and oh, that, was, that was super frustrating because every day I caught a lot of fish over 15 inches or something, you know. I had a 14 and a 13 and a half but I had three big fish. Okay. But I did just, you know, I had a great practice there and thought I could maybe win it or, you know. And then the next two national tournaments I've had, I've had really bad practices. I mean, at Grand, it was weather issue. You know, the wind, yeah. it's a big old lake, and it, the wind was 20 mile an hour, 31 day, muddy. The fish should have been spawning, but they kind of wasn't yet. I mean, it was just a funk. And uh, first day of practice was at a place that I hadn't really even thought about fishing. What I what I was doing, I was trying to run away from the dirty water. I was trying to find clear water. So I drove around half a morning and found decent water, and I put in there, and I was getting tons of bites, just no big fish, you know, 15-inch, couple 16s. And um, the next two days of practice, I fished at other ramps and – just couldn't catch fish and then tournament day i go back to where i caught fish in practice they wasn't big but you know it's all i got and uh i happened to catch two big fish i mean i i caught fish on them two docks in practice and they were probably the males and then tournament day i went back and i mean it was crazy i caught like a 16 on the one dock i was catching my off a brush hog and I caught that one on a brush hog in practice. And I got to that dock and I said, I'm not going to throw a brush hog in there. It's been three days since I've been there. So maybe that fish will bite again. You never know. So I threw a shaky head over there and uh, got a bite. And it happened to be a female. So I threw around, you know, I cast a few more times around the dock. Didn't get any more bites. But it was uh, right at 18 inches or something. And then um, I go to the next dock and cast on the same place on the next dock and catch a 19 inch. And everybody struggled at that tournament except Drew Gregory, which he, you know, he's been on another level. <laughs> he's true. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, right. but, but, but I had bad practices, but then tournament days, I've been able to catch them, you know, just the sizes. Yeah. The size has been really good. Yeah. So Storm, out control. Storm let, let, let's talk about your, your tournament, man. Yeah. It, like Mark said, our, where our waterways are small, especially with a lot of rain, because like um, the weekend prior, I fished the Bass Nation of West Virginia tournament on the elk as well, and water levels were kind of similar, but the water had fluctuated from storms like so much in that week, week and a half time period. Like it'd be up for two or three days, about three or four feet, come back down and start clearing. Storms would hit again and flux again. So, like, Friday, river was actually looking pretty decent. Um, just a little bit of stain, nothing too bad. And up, probably about a foot, it was perfect. Just about the same exact as I'd fished the weekend before, and I won the Bass Nation event on the Elk was 77 and a quarter, I think, the week prior. So I figured I could at least replicate that and maybe pick up another big bite or two. And uh, yeah. 
I tried to time up the flows um, to where they let out the dam. They were letting out a thousand on Friday, and we had a wow. massive thunder shower come through, and they ended up cranking up outflow like two or three hours later, like two thousand. So they doubled their out two hours. So where I was fishing is far enough downriver that normally you can beat it. And normally with rising water, it's really good. But where that water's been up and down so much on the elk, they don't respond to it as quick sometimes. So we were driving up that morning and I decided to launch probably about six miles below where I was originally going to put in because I was like, yeah, that I was looking at the gauges and that water would be getting there about the time the tournament would start. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather just fish what they've been accustomed to for about a day and a half now and run with it instead of fishing them while they're rising. So put in, I catch, you know, a couple twelves right off the bat. Most of our fish, like Phil said, they're, they're smaller. You catch plenty of numbers, but they're going to be cookie cutters. Um, so like 12 to 14 inch tournaments here actually pretty decent for us. But um, about 30 minutes in, I catch at 16. And I was like, okay. Right. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. And, you know, starting to the next stretch, that's normally good. I had to be really accurate because where the water was up, I was fishing like cuts in the bank, like ambush spots, and you had to put it in there perfect with the flows and everything because you only had one cast at it and have a lot of it. It can be real difficult sometimes. But I cast, I went to cast into one cut and I clipped the tree limb and the plopper deflected. I hit a 19 or 20 in the head and she swirled on it and then ran straight out, just pooped her. Next cast, I think I caught like a 15 and a quarter, 15 and a half. And then the next cast, I lose a 17 or 18. So in about a 45-minute span, I'm already up and down. I'm like, man, is this going to be a really good day or is this going to be really good? Yeah. So you were in the right area to win then, huh? Yeah, well, probably not win. I Total throughout the day, I could have probably, I could have probably got up around Philip, probably 84, 85. My, there's normally a lot more big fish on that float that'll, that I can get to, that I can get to play, but they weren't, they didn't come up that day. I guess with where the water had fluxed so much, they didn't come up. I caught a bunch of fish that were, you know, 13, 15 inches, but I just couldn't get any real big bites other than that one stretch in the first hour of the day. That was where my biggest bites come from. So okay. I um, actually, with about two hours left in the tournament, that outflow, the water that had been released from the dam finally caught up with me. Um, probably about two or three miles left in my float, and it just it just wasn't the same because it it pushed a lot of the, stained water in these big eddies above me. They stained the dirty water. It pushed it down on me, and they just kind of, like, shut off. But, you know, it just – it was a good day, number or uh, fish-wise, like, numbers-wise, like, quality for here. But I just I just couldn't get any big bites going. At least at the end, it was an easy paddle or a pedal back, huh? 
Yeah, it, it wasn't bad at all. I, okay. I, you know, I got down to our uh, takeout, and I was like, you know, I'll go ahead and fish one down for about half a mile and pedal back up. I've got a big eddy. I sh- probably shouldn't have did that. I took about a 12-mile float, and I didn't realize how gassed my knees were at that point, and I was pedaling instant, and I was like, holy crap, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I'm getting out. <laughs> okay. And what, what kind of kayak are you in? I'm in a Hobie PA-14. Okay, 14. I'm All going right. to eventually be joining the Sholey squad. <laughs> the what? The Sholey squad. He's a- oh, okay. Right. Is there a whole bunch of y'all that have a bunch of people that have the Sholey now? No, I'd been uh, I'd been uh, waiting for them to release it because I had talked yeah. through and um, I was really anxiously awaiting it to come out. Well, Philip got uh, one of the first batches that come out to uh, Raccoon Creek. He went and got one up there and his time out on the water with it. We took a float on the river and I got in it and messed around for a little bit and it's Absolutely everything I was wanting. So he's your brother in law. He you can borrow it anytime. <laughs> Not for a tournament day though. <laughs> All right, Philip, tell us about your day, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark's already laughing. Yeah, uh, uh, I can't wait to he tells the first five minutes of his float. <laughs> it, it wasn't five minutes, it was about forty five minutes. But anyways, uh I floated with my wife. She uh, she started the tournament fishing with us this year, so okay. she was with she was with me. Uh, we were doing eight and a half mile float. We were the next float down from where Storm was fishing. We were probably like I don't know, like ten miles below him or something. But it started out really slow. Uh, uh, the spot we put in, you can normally pick up a big fish or two, but uh, but we didn't. I don't think I'd even caught a fish in like 30 minutes. I was getting pretty nervous, but the float, the flows were the highest I'd ever been on the river. And I was in a brand new kayak. It was literally the first time I was even out in it with a uh, torpedo. I got an 1103 on the back of that thing and a power pole. And it's a little kayak. It's only like, I don't know, 11 and a half feet, weighs 70 pounds. And it's, it's designed to be a paddling kayak. So it sits real high in the front. And I had all that weight in the back. But anyways, about 45 minutes in, I caught a fish right above a set of shoals. So the current was moving pretty good. So I put that power pole down. And if you know how the back of that shoal is made, he designed a uh, like a drag chain yeah, shoot back there. So so it's, it's kind of, yeah, so it's, it's kind of low. So when I power pulled down, and as much flow as there was in current, that water started coming up in that chute. So, so the back of my kayak started squatting and sinking down. So I was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. So I put the power pole up. And when I did that, where, it, where it's kind of offset on the back of that ki- back of that kayak, it rocked it. And it rocked the back even further under the water. And then all that water started coming up over. And then it was just over. I, I completely flipped that kayak. And about four feet of water. And it was, it was pretty good current, too. My, my wife was totally freaking out she thought i was about to drown but but it wasn't as bad as it seemed i didn't lose anything except for my power pole spike believe it or not i don't know how you lose that but but it came out somehow and i lost a set of sunglasses i had all my rods in a black pack but none of them were tethered and i was completely upside down and not a one of them came out i have no idea how wow and none of them broke either none of them broke i 
I didn't even, I did not break a tip. I did one of them. I bent about half the eyes flat on it, but that was about the extent of the damage. But, uh, I had to walk it over probably 30 yards across the current to, uh, get back in it. And then, uh, I was a bit nervous after that cause I just flipped it and it was new. I was a little worried, but, uh, I think three hours into the tournament, I hadn't even caught a fish over 11 and a half inches. So I was, I was pretty worried, but then, I mean, when the flood, when the flows are that high and the river's kind of stained, the fish are really predictable. They just, they just get in little tiny pockets right on the edge of the edge of the river, but you got to be able to cast in probably like a, you know, two, three foot circle to be able to cast, to be able to catch them. You got that right on their head. But, the first decent fish I had was a 16. Then it was just about every, for about three hours, it was every 20, 30 minutes, I would catch a pretty good fish. And I just kept slowly upgrading throughout the day. There was one time I caught a, I think it was a, a 16 and a quarter I caught. There was a, there was a lay down and it was, it was going, it was on a steep bank and you could cast under and I was upstream and I casted probably 10 feet underneath it and was reeling it in and that 16 and a quarter hit it and it went straight to the back of that tree on the other side of it and got hung in the tree. So it was hung up in the tree. The treble hooks of the, the, the plopper were hung up in the tree and then I got pinned up against the, uh, the tree and I couldn't even, I couldn't even hardly get to the fish on the other side because there was so much current pushing up. I was just trying not to flip the kayak. But, I mean, the fish came unhooked from the mouth, and it ended up getting hooked in the back with one of the trebles. But I, but I did manage to get that fish in miraculously. I got the net under it and got it in. But, uh, I mean, I just kept upgrading throughout the day. I caught, I had, every fish was over 16 inches on my, on my stringer. I had a 16, 16 and a quarter, two 17 and a quarters. And then with about 15 minutes in the tournament left, I caught that, uh, that 18 that put me at 84.75. I was, I was feeling pretty good. I really thought I had it, but I mean, I knew I had a shot, but I, I had a really good day nonetheless. That was one of the better days I've had on Dale. So you're playing like broke even with the, the having to buy new sunglasses and pole and yeah. I mean, it was a two hundred dollar pair of glasses, but yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. I'm gonna go back this weekend actually and try to find my spike. I'm I'm pretty sure I can get my spike back if the water yeah. clears up. Uh, your, your wife did pretty good too. She got 16th, huh? She, yeah, she, she had a really bad day. She, she just, she's not used to that kind of flows and that water condition. She's, she's the Ned rig specialist. Oh, and, okay. uh, and it's, it's, it's hard to fish a Ned rig in that, that stain of water. She, she did lose one really big fish, like probably a 19 or 20 inch that oh. would have put her, I think maybe six, seven or something like that. But yeah, she had an off day. She was struggling. Y'all have a yeah. few women. Yeah, uh, you got Bunny and Christy and yeah. Okay. Believe but Bunny, name. Bunny's actually my wife and his uh, Storm's aunt. Okay, Melissa. Yeah, y'all got a bunch of Sarah Brown. Yeah, yeah y'all might have, have the most women in your club than any other club in the country. There's several of them that fish. My wife's doing pretty decent in anger of the year too. She's in the top five, I think. Wow. She's got six points on me. She's beating her brother, so there's that. <laughs> her now. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so how? Let me ask you this: How's the trash talking in the family? Because now it's not just brother-in-law against brother-in-law. You have your sister, there, your wife. Not too, how, how's that going? Too, there's not too much, really. We are competitive. Like you get aggravated when when he beats me or I beat him or something. But we don't we don't really trash talk much. No, but, but there's never, bragging rights, right? Yeah, I just never, bragging rights mainly. What was that storm? I, I had a really bad event at our Summersville event, prior event, and I struggled big. She ended up, I think, finishing fifth in it. I didn't hear about, or I didn't live it down for like two weeks. <laughs> so, uh, who, go ahead. Whoever finishes first and whoever finishes last, is that coming up on Thanksgiving dinner? Is that <laughs> is that coming up? That conversation's coming up or no? It, yeah, probably. It, it it gets brought up more than once throughout the year, especially by our especially by our buddies. Yeah, I was getting to say I probably rub it in. I was like the girls, yeah, beat y'all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> All right, Mark. How about you, man? Well, the uh, I chose to fish a lake because that river was bouncing up and down so much, and I just made up my mind Friday that I was going to. Uh, I just put my lake boat on on the truck and I told my partner that I was just going to fish a lake and it was a spot that we were pre we previously fished a couple of times. And then that morning he actually talked himself out of floating. So we both went to the same ramp and I just, with all that mud coming into the river and I've never fished up that way before. I thought, why not? You know what I'm saying? Because the lake, the lake's not very good normally. I mean, it's got like a lot of spotted bass in it. And the times I fished before is a club that had a three fish limit. And I, I caught like a several 14s and 15 inch fish, but I've only seen a few that was over that. You know what I'm saying? I've never seen no big fish in there. But it, it was probably more like the secure choice, I guess. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I was just yeah. wanting a top 10. I was just want to survive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I, I went survival mode. And I didn't, I don't like the idea of flipping. I flipped on the river one time and I lost a bunch of tack on. Now, when the river gets blowed out, I just don't like that. Um, so, I decided to go up with that mud coming in because it's a clear lake. I mean, at the dam end, you can see 20 foot, no joke. It's like oh. super, super clear. Because uh, the Elk River is actually like a – it's a world-class trout stream, man. It's I mean, we got some really good trout fishing and super clean water coming out of the mountains. Like, actually, almost every river that starts in a state starts out in one county. Uh, like, the eastern side of the state is all the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, Pocahontas County actually is like the, uh, the what is it, seven rivers come out of that county or something? It's something so, like that, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But um, So, all this water is just pure, clean water. But where it was muddy... I just thought I had a good chance of maybe, you know, doing better that direction. And, and I threw a spinner bait and it was just, I started out with top water. I always start out with top water in the morning, never got bit on a buzz bait. And I gave that like maybe 15 minutes. And then I started throwing a spinner bait and I didn't really have a bite. Um, to, uh, there was this where a little Creek would come in, but the water was cleared up right there, you know, and the, the river was muddy or, I say river, but I was in the lake slash river. You know, it had a little bit of current up there. And um, 
where that clean water was, I caught two fish like back to back casts. It was like a twelve and three quarter and and a thirteen or something. So that was my first two fish, and I just kept kept going up. And it's really not like three quarters of a mile from the ramp up to the far as you can go up the river, you know, without dragging and stuff. But it was like eighteen hundred cubic feet was flowing into the lake. That's what it said on the gauges. So that's that's a lot of water, and normally. During the summertime, that river's maybe a hundred cubic feet. Oh, okay. Flow, so uh, that's eighteen times. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's a bunch, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, so when you got current, man, it just positions the fish, and uh, they just were eating. I mean, I couldn't believe nobody. There was like two or three guys at the ramp asked me which direction I was going, and I told them I was going that way, and there was only one other guy went a little ways up there and it was right before first cast. And he said, I've caught some fish here before I'm going to stay here. And I said, I'm going to go all the way up to where the river runs in. And nobody else followed me up there until I already had 80 inches before I seen anybody. You just scare people off. (laughs) No, I I don't. I think some, I mean, was it really like I'm the one going up there and y'all are staying down there? No, no, no. I think it's a little bit of respect. And then I know Jerry wanted to go up that way because uh, he told me, he said his buddy told him that's where, you know, he catches, he fishes out of a bass boat a lot. And he said, it's good fishing up there. And I said, I never went up there, but I'm going to try it. And um, when I got all the way up there into where the main river was coming in, I caught a 19. And, um, you know, I'm at 80 inches and normally, the last time we we done that river, 75 on it, I think. Usually that's around what wins it. And, you know, 80 inches, you feel pretty good. You know, I know I'm going to be in the top couple anyway, you know. Yeah. Or you think that. But with the river high and stuff, you just never know. I mean, nothing – you can't take nothing for granted in fishing, you know. And um, I was coming back down, and I done – I actually caught my limit on a spinnerbait that I found at Grand Lake. It was a brand new spinnerbait on a dock, and I went over and got it. You know, it was hooked on the cable wires. You know, I didn't steal nobody's spinnerbait. What kind of? <laughs> I don't know. It was it was kind of a cheap one, but it was a. It looked like to be a half ounce, and it already had like a Kitek three point eight on it. You know, and that's perfect what for kind, me. And what kind anyway, of blade was it Willow blade or Colorado yeah, Willow blade? blade gold, and it was chartreuse and white. It was about a half ounce. So that broke. I, I went, went to flip my fifth fish in the boat, and it broke because it had a, a light wire on it. But I don't know what brand it was. I mean, it it was probably somebody's two dollar. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Fast Pro, like Ben Special kind of deal. Yeah, but I but I've had some good luck off the ones that had the flexible blades. They give off more yeah. vibration, yeah, really. A little bit more. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what I've heard. Yep. Yeah. And, is this um, upsetting y'all because he went off a used bait he found out on the lake? Well, this is a, this is crazy. I'm a I'm a tackle junkie, right? So that's why I like the big Titan boat I got because I carry so much crap. And um, I had found a, a jig where the the MLF tour dudes were down there. I found a brand new Strike King jig. I was cranking offshore in practice and hooked this line, and then I reeled in the line. I had a brand new jig with a Rage Trail. Uh, it's a swim jig, you know, looked like yeah. a three eighths ounce, but I put it in my tackle, you know, and I carried it around. 
Well, I had that tied on. <laughs> and and when I come back down the river. With the same trailer on it? Yeah, yeah, it was the same, yeah. And um, anyway, I was coming back down the river, and I had uh, I changed to a, a, a bigger spinnerbait, actually, a heavier one. The one was a half ounce, and this next one was three-quarter. And uh, I swam it across the log, and this it was a big fish, like 18-plus, come across the log and just eat it. And I had just tied that thing on not too long ago. And I guess, I, you know, I just didn't get the knot tight. You know, it was just totally uh, bad execution of tying a knot, man. And, and like, when I set the hook, it didn't even feel like my line got tight. And it just was, like, lint. And I'm like, you can't. That's just crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was a three or four inch upgrade, you know? What Thing kind of knot my, are you tying? I'm a, I'm a nut. I, I, I tie tons of different knots. Okay. Yeah, that was a trialing knot. I just didn't get it tight. I can, I can, I can do a trialing knot. I don't know why. could never get it right. It's actually one of the strongest knots. That, that's what I understood, but I don't. Yeah, but you got to pull it tight, man. You got to yeah. cinch it down and I, it was almost all the way down, and I just bit it, and it was like, eh. And, and you hate fluorocarbon, don't you? You, you have mono? Yeah, mono. Yeah, I had a 15 yeah. mono line. What's up, yeah. old man? All right. And then uh, – Some big game? <laughs> no, I used to big game. game. No, Izer line. I like Izer line. Y'all probably ain't never heard of that. No, I ain't Dean, never heard Dean of that. that That's some Dean 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 Hall's used to be sponsored by Izer line. It's, it's some of the best line. Actually, who's that? Know. Who did the dean? Oh, okay. Rowhouse, yeah, back, back, frog specialist. Yeah, I mean, they make braid too. It was like when he was real, when he was winning tournaments yeah. back in the day. And, yeah. um, when, yeah. dean. Right. <laughs> but anyway, um, um, so I lost that big fish and I was coming back down and I caught a bunch of 14s on the way back down and, um, I didn't realize I ran into my team partner. I was fishing behind this island in the real skinny water, and I seen this kite coming, and I just caught one, and it was like a 14-incher. And I I didn't even take a picture of it or nothing because it didn't help me. And I, I thought it was another competition, you know what I'm saying, coming up through there. And I said, oh, they seen me catch it because they turned around and went back the other direction. Somebody fishing that bent, bent rod pattern, huh? What? No, no, no. They they just left. They seen me and they left. Oh, but okay. um, actually, it was my team partner. I didn't even know till at the wards and and Blaine had went up that way because he he wasn't catching nothing out towards the lake. But um, I kept going back down through there and and I'm a I've done well this year off a of mag draft. So you know they're hitting a the spinner bait. They was and it's it's done like ten thirty in the morning. Now the sun's up, but I'm gonna put in a canyon too. So. The sun's just now starting to hit the water where I'm at because the mountain's so steep. You know what I'm saying? So I've, ha I've been in shade most of the day, too. And the wind was bad. I mean, like the high that day was 60. Water oh. temp was 65. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wasn't, the water, wasn't it the high 67 that day or something? You said the wind yeah. or the temperature? Yeah, it was around 70, yeah. Something the like the low, temperature's low, low high. Oh, oh, the temperature. Yeah, yeah, but the wind was maybe even 15 to 20. Oh, yeah, it was blowing pretty good. Yeah, it, yeah, it was up. blowing big gusts every now and then. So anyway, I, I took off down, you know, back towards the ramp with a mag draft, and I got back to that little creek again, and I threw a spinner bait and caught caught another one. It was a 13, 14 incher, and then I just, you know, I probably went 
three, four hundred yards throwing that mag draft around and never seen. Of course, the water ain't a foot visibility, so you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's not like you'd have to hit one on the head for him to. You need to have a little bit of clarity for that yeah. thing. So I didn't get no bites or nothing, and I ran into Jerry, and he's headed up that way, and I told him I had like eighty inches, and he had mid seventies or something, and um. Right after he left, the sun was out. So I was on the sunny side of the bank, you know, and uh, it was actually the river channel side too. So I, it was like 15 foot of water. You know what I'm saying? Because it was kind of shallow up there. And this was like, you know, the channel swing side. And there was a, a bunch of, there was just a bunch of hardwood, you know, brush and stuff up on the bank. And I took that swim jig and cast it where you shouldn't cast, you know, way back in a little bit of shade back there. It was just a little bit of shade. And when it got through that junk, man, it just went thump. So I didn't want to let it swim. I mean, when it went thump, I set the hook and it got the pulling and I thought I was just hung, you know, I, and then I realized it was a big fish. It, it was probably close to six pounds. Huh. It, was, it was 20 and a quarter, but it was really fat. I mean, thick. And, man, I just, no, that was fluorocarbon line, 16-pound fluoro FC sniper. But um, it was just a good Lord. I mean, because, I mean, it, it was up in the top of its mouth. It wasn't coming off. It was just perfect. And uh, I just leaned back, and it just worked its way through all that brush. On that used swim jig from Florida, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so you won this tournament on a bunch of tackle you found. <laughs> well, the first four – First four fish I got in the boat was off used tackle, and then at 20 was. And then that was right around where that water started getting kind of clearish. But where that swim jig, I threw it a couple more times and got hung. You know, it ain't got a good weed guard on it or nothing because I was flipping with it, you know. So I, yeah. I make my own jigs, not swim jigs, but anyway, just regular jigs. So I went with a green pumpkin because the water's starting to clear up down that way. And uh, then I. I ended up catching the other 20, which there was just a few spots down on that bank that actually had shade because the sun was up, you know, high sun and just a little bit of shade. And uh, that was only two bites I got on that bank, actually. And then right past that, the channel swing left the bank. And then it just turns out to be a big old flat. You know, it opens up to be the lake and then, and, uh, when I got down there, I could throw the jig in any shade and catch a fish. I mean, it was like crazy. But but that other the other twenty come off a undercut bank, like it was an undercut bank where the channel swing was, and it was a big old sycamore tree there, and it had a root system. And like when I flipped right again that tree, the fish just come out and grabbed it, and started swimming with it. But I, I didn't realize it was twenty inches because I need to start GoPro and you know videoing. Man, my my net job on that thing was horrible. I mean, <laughs> it was awful. I couldn't get it in the net. I mean, I had it right there at the boat, and I'm fumbling around. It went all the way around my net. I couldn't get it in there, and just I just grab a line and flip it. And then I realized, I mean, I barely had it hooked. Barely, barely. Had it hooked. Which uh, which mag draft do you throw? The um, free, the freestyle or the yeah, yeah. Cause I like the freestyle way better. Yeah, the, the line through, um, I've had quite a bit of experience with them for a few years, and like me, me and Casey Reed fished a, 
there's a big bass splash deal on Smith Mountain Lake or whatever where you win a boat. Native deal. No, 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 no boat, bass boat. Oh, okay. Yeah. And anyway, I used to do really good with them down there at Smith Mountain and it was COVID year two thousand twenty. And um so we they had it in the fall because they canceled in the spring. They always have it during the spawnish time, but that year they canceled it until the fall. So his buddy was leading big bass on the first day. And um, he fished with his buddy Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, me and him fished together. And we were stowing the mag draft and skipping them. I mean, all day we were skipping them. And they skipped really, really good. But the line-through deal's got that – it's got like a wire. Because you're actually tying onto a, you know, a tie place. Your line actually ain't going through it. It's actually a rig, pre-rigged deal going to the treble. But when you hit a dock post or something, like when you're trying to skip it and you, you know, get a lot of momentum going and it hits, it bends, right? So actually your 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 mag draft won't run right after you hit it a few times. You know what I'm saying? And then the magnet falls out, which is kind of frustrating. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, you pay attention to the magnet holding your hook up there and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I've never thrown I, – I throw the five-inch spark shed. Mm-hmm. I, I throw it on like a, you know – the understand yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 well that's all i'm doing is throwing it on a, I, the one tournament i one tournament this year I, I did really well with the mag draft uh it was a trocar hook seven a seven aught with a spinner on it gotcha and and i, I don't know it's a pack of two but i can't find the other one <laughs> <laughs> i need to order some more and i had a vmc and i went through that pack now and like the one I was throwing the other day, I actually lost a spinner on it. I don't, I'm not really fond of the VMC. It, it's got like a longer, longer little cable with a spinner on it. And then when you skip it all the time, it, your line will get tangled with it. So, you know, the, it seems like the ones with the shorter, from the lead to the spinner, the shorter you get less tangled. You have to and holler at fishing online, give them a carry some more vmc stuff I actually looked on because i had to order some stuff from tackle warehouse because it's the only place i get it. I, I don't like to order there from from there if i don't have to but uh i actually looked on fishing online they didn't they didn't have what i wanted some nico hooks and some of those uh vmc they had the owner the owner yeah. has a six aught and an eight aught um which yeah, that's that's six, a lot six. of guys use the six on the on the six inch mag draft i don't know i like the i like the seven and I and I think the um, the trocar was a quarter ounce, and the VMC was a three eighths ounce weight. Gotcha. Which it's man that three eighths was good because it actually got, I like it getting down there a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because the main deal with that thing is is you're fishing cover, you know, structure, and it's just reaction. They just see that big and they got to come out. So if you get it down a little bit, Bill Moore, it feels like they're going to eat it better than. You know what I'm saying? They don't have to go as far. Philip, what, what was your um, go-to lure for this tournament? And then Storm, you can follow up on that as well. What were your go-to lures? I was the plopper style bait. That that was what all my keepers came on. When it when it gets up up like this and stained, I, I usually throw a plopper and a spinner bait. Any color in particular? Uh black or bone. And sp- and spinner bait is usually just like white white chartreuse. Any Colorado blade? I'm assuming if it's uh, 
muddier? Uh, no, it wasn't muddy. It was just really stained, and, and uh, no, it was a willow, double willow. Oh, cool. What about you, Storm? Yeah, I was throwing a 110 whopper flopper in either black or bone or a uh, spinner bait. I threw a, a skirt yesterday with just a minnow-style trailer on the back because um, my float, the first two or three feet off the bank was clear water, and then the rest of it was pretty heavily stained. So I was running that stain line down the bank with that spinner bait just slow rolling. And I caught a couple fish on a crankbait and Cinco, but most of my most of my work was done with a plopper and a spinner bait. Yeah, spinner bait I, I used to be very popular over there in West Virginia. Yeah, I, I usually don't even use a skirt on my spinner baits. I usually cut all the skirts off of mine. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know why like, I don't know why it's, it's a confidence thing, I guess. I don't know. It makes it look a little more natural. I don't know. I'm probably crazy. You leave it short, or you just straight up get rid of I the skirt? Just get rid of it. Oh, really? That's interesting. I fish them about 50-50. It just depends. Like the other day, I fished the Golly River, and I was whacking them with a chartreuse and white skirt. But And then, like whenever you get on the elk and stuff, it seems like sometimes throwing one without a skirt with just a swim bait trailer on the back in that clear water, I guess something with a – with a natural, more natural presentation, they they definitely like it better. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've heard of people not using those, the trailer, but those two spinning blades. Uh, don't worry about those. Just the, yeah. yeah. I think when you have a trailer, they do key on the. They eat the spinner bait better when you got a trailer. There's no doubt. Same way with a buzz bait yeah. too. I think it, it just kind of yeah. gives them something to grab onto, you know. Well, see yeah. with the buzz bait now, I don't never throw one with a skirt anymore. I always throw one with a frog. If uh, I'm kind of if, if I'm good. around if I'm around cover like more open water I'll throw uh, the skirted one if I'm around grass or a lot of cover I, I go with a buzz toad kind of deal. Yeah, I, but I heard a guy say, um, you know, when they get their mouth on it and you know it's the rubber, they actually hold on to it better because I, I never use a trailer hook, you know, with the toad. Yeah, I don't. And know. and well, the hook was that Jacob Wheeler? Nah, I don't know if it was him or not. It was Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I never use I don't I've gone since I think since this year. This year I started just going with a uh trailer hook but no trailer. Um but I mean I'm I've gone even with the uh trailer hook, I've gotten a lot of short strike. Just this past two weeks I've been hitting up a lake and I've gotten so many short strike, I'm like, I have a trailer hook. Why am I getting <laughs> the whole point of a trailer hook is to get those short strikes, but even with that, so it might Not be like something a, to that plastic, you know, feeling. A big plug, but that that X Zone three and a half swammer, it works. It works really good for that. Yeah, and you know what I started using, and I found a lot of success. The Hordy Toad on a spinning light setup, just with the four out hook, and it's mm-hmm. and it's it's killing it. I mean, the top of grass. On top of yeah. that, it's killing yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of times it's it 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 could be too too noisy or yes, yes. You know, sometimes you throw in it and I noticed it because I was throwing a buzz bait and I saw just the wake of the bass just like completely in the opposite, just flying in the opposite direction when they heard the buzz bait coming in. I'm like, huh, let me just try mm-hmm. the toad. And ever since I did that, it was like I mean, it was like three or four casts in a row, just hammering them. I'm like, oh, 
check this out more often now. Yeah, the fish fishing pressure has a lot to do with that too. Like if a lot of people were throwing buzz baits and then all of a sudden you throw something slightly different. And and yeah. like you're saying, it's probably it's really finesse fishing top water, you know, when you're because yep. that the I like the zoom too because there's a grass lake near me and we used to do the night tournaments out bass boats, you know, and the toads was real popular and them guys got to the Stanley toad, you know, cause it's really loud and everybody got to throwing them and I just kept throwing the zoom and I, I did, I thought I did better than they did, you know, cause hmm. it was Something more, different. yeah. And it was more finessey. That's and, I, uh, I throw that a lot. The top toad. That's, that's probably my that, favorite frog now. Yeah. Yep. That top toad sounds like it's almost like a weedless whopper plopper with how noisy yeah. it is. Yeah. It kills on Gunnersville, just saying. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I know. And and when we was talking about spinnerbaits there earlier, and you know, the the standard written in the book when it's really, really dirty water, you want to throw Colorado blade and the oh, Indiana blade or something. But I really think speed has a lot to do with it when it's summertime, yeah. even though it's dirty. But you know, I mean I'm throwing uh a four and a half inch or they're four and four and a half size blade you know what i'm saying uh double willows so uh that's really flashy and got vibration because that's a big blade but then the speed of it in the summer i mean i'm not burning it back by no means but i'm just like a medium retrieve but i think the speed of it they still just react to it need it because if you're throwing a colorado or indiana you know it's so slow you know if it's cold water it'd be yeah. Probably better. But once it gets warm, I just throw willows. All right. Well, we don't want to take up too much of y'all's time. Uh, but before we let you go, we want to give you a chance to shout out anybody that makes fishing easier for you. Uh, Storm, we'll start with you, man. Yeah, I got uh, a couple of sponsors. Shout out to Elevation Sports. I mean, filter in there. They're a supplier up here in Beckley, West Virginia. Um, Kissler Rods, uh, Calcos Fishing, which is now rebranding as Tackle Works, and okay. uh, um, Nichols Lures. Ooh, that's a thing. So the what the Pulsator spinnerbaits? Yeah. That would a Pulsator a lot on Saturday. They have like a new uh, trailer, kind of like a kind of yeah, looks like a Menace. Yeah, it's called a Flapjack. It's it's very similar to a Menace. I don't have any yet. I'm gonna be getting some to try real soon for chatterbaits and spinnerbaits. Yeah, I saw that coming out. I I thought it was going to look really good because I, I like they have good spoons and Nichols has a bunch of good baits, jigs, They're quality, quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like their I like their buzz baits a lot too. Oh, I've never used one. There we go. All right. Well, uh, Philip, how about you, man? I uh, just yeah, just shout out to Elevation Sports. Uh, I'm on their uh, fishing team. They help out with uh, gear and stuff like that. That's about the only uh, deal I have going on really. And Mark, um, I'd like to thank Fishing Online, uh, Dakota Lithium Batteries, and uh, Native Watercraft. Cool. And All it's, right. Well, it's nice to have people supporting you. You know, when you're doing yeah. this, it, it it really is. That's right. Well, we appreciate y'all being on. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. yeah thank good you. Luck, good luck the rest of the year. Hey, thanks for having us on. Sorry, appreciate I was late. <laughs> no, you're good. Later, guys. All right. Later. Thank you for coming on, guys. Hey. Great group of guys. Yeah, man. Go over some tournaments here. We got a whole mess of them. So 
if I mess up your name, I'm sorry. Blame Armando. Email him. Um, <laughs> I on Sturgeon Bay up in Wisconsin. 27 anglers, five fish limit. Todd Martin's won that with 98 and a half. Dang. Uh, uh, second, Joseph Palmer with 95 and a half. And Justin Olson with 94 and a half. Mid-Atlantic MAKBF, uh, stop three. Conowingo Reservoir in Pennsylvania. Uh, Michael Chan- Chaney, one with 85 inches. Sterling, well, Trey Leach, innovative sportsman, 82 and three quarter. Matt Campbell in third with 75 and a quarter. Iron City Cack Anglers, they were on Neely Henry. I fished that one. Uh, first place, Jacob Mott had 33 anglers, three fish limit. He broke 60 inches on Neely, which is awesome. Uh, 60 and a half. Coley McGowan owns that lake usually, uh, 85 and a quarter. And Ben Gorlay with 55 inches. I got seventh. Yeah. Uh, Northeast. You won a couple. Yeah, yeah. I've got, well, just one one win. Well, two wins. No, year. you got two wins, yeah. Well, I've got three, but two with Iron City. Oh. Well, a first and a second, and the other one was, I don't remember, another trail. TVKA and another, I don't know, man. I got first and second, but I got seventh. I, I did all right. Uh, Northeast Tennessee kayak anglers on Douglas Lake. Tennessee, 26 anglers. Dalton Hyatt with 89 inches. Josh Stewart, Mr. Senko with 80 and three quarter. And Matt Mill- Millard, or Millard, I'll say Millard because it's fun. 80 inches. Uh, Tennessee kayak anglers uh, also on uh, Douglas Lake. I guess it was a double dip. 40 anglers. Uh, Dalton won that one too with 54 and three quarter. This was three fish limit. Caleb Rogers with 50 and three quarter and William Frank Franklin with 50 inches. Uh, Tennessee Bass Nation triple dip also on same lake. Dalton Hyatt, you had a hell of a day. Uh, Mr. Terry Golden, uh, part of the, the Golden Duo uh, with 82 and three quarter and Jeremy Meadows with 82 inches. Uh, we talked about this one. That was in West Virginia. And Natural State Kayak Anglers, they were on Harris Break Lake uh, in Arkansas. 27 Anglers, Garrett Morgan won that with his dog Flapjack in the back. 94 and three quarter, Corey Hopper in second with 82 and a half. And Larry Winsonot with 51 inches. Only 47 fish caught, uh, first and second place with only two people a limit. So that was pretty crazy. And 94 inches. It's So not only was he one of the only two people to to have a limit, but he absolutely destroyed them. So congratulations, Garrett, on that one. He seems to find, like, the lakes, like Lake Fork, where it was horrible. He has a knack for finding it when nobody else can find it. Yeah, that's that's a really Great good angle. one. Yeah. Uh, also a KBF, uh, KFL guy. He's on the Arkansas Hogs, who are also undefeated. So we're undefeated, and they are too. So it's, you know. Might be a showdown later season. We'll see. Uh, Central States Kayak Series on Blackhawk Lake in Iowa. 39 anglers, five fish limit. Chung Pham with 89 and a half. Tyler Alexander with 86 and a half. And Stephen George with 85 and three quarter. And last but not least, way out on the the West Coast, uh, we got the Yakabass on New Maloney's. 95, 95 anglers, five fish limit. Joseph Sagan. S-A-G-U-N with 87 and a half. Uh, he caught a 25-inch bass. 85 oh, and a half inches with a 25. That's a that's a life changer right there. 
that's you just put down the rods, sell the rods, go to a pawn shop, close up shop because you ain't <laughs> never going to catch a, a 20, probably never going to catch a 25 again. So, uh, congratulations to him. That's a yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, Geno Mango with 87 and a half. That guy's always on him, Mr. John Myers. He's got, I wish I, I knew the name of it. He's got like a, I really like John. But he's also got like a cleaning company sponsor. I, I really like that. Like, how do you get a cleaning company? It's like a maybe a family or I don't know. Maybe, maybe he knows, you know, maybe he worked there or he knows he knows a guy. Yeah, maybe he he definitely knows a guy for sure. But I, nobody else has like Scrubby Daddy or you know, 303 protectant. They're not sponsoring any kayak anglers or Dawn Soap. I I don't know. Just saying. I think that's interesting. Uh like there's not a lot of people who have a lot of non-endemic sponsorships and kayak fishing and it's his title sponsor huh? i think that's cool well, that's um, pretty cool man that's, yeah uh, but he had good for him he had 85 and a half uh 525 fish caught only three were over 20 inches so that's a uh, that's crazy that's even crazier numbers for joseph so uh yeah so, so let me shout out the texas crew here um uh, i don't know uh -oh. if you had them last week but northeast texas kayak championship in Lake Worth, uh, Ross Pinkerton, 85, Michael Cates, 82 and a, three quarters, and Casey Kemp, 82 and a half. I was Lake Worth for the Northeast Texas Kayak Championship. Great job uh, uh, with uh, Ross Pinkerton. I would have I would have put my money that Matthew Matt Scotch would have won that one, assuming he fished it, because he can put a beat down on that lake for sure. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, appreciate y'all watching and we'll see you again next week. Armando, thanks again for being on. Appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. And everybody go watch his show. Um, and Jimmy, I'm sure he'll be back next week. So thank y'all for watching. Uh, wear your PFDs and be safe out there, especially in the heat. If you overheat, like get in the water, get in some shade, you know, what really bring extra water this time of the year. Be safe because we've, uh, we've seen it happen to other kayak anglers where it's easy to overheat out there, especially in this record-breaking temps. Yeah, so all, all across the south. Yeah, yeah. Be careful, everybody. See y'all next week. Bye. Peace out.